Hello everybody, Jim here, and the following episode is something that we do over on our Patreon. It's the Secret Origins podcast where I go through first appearances or origins of characters. Kind of makes sense. This is from a couple months ago when they did announce the Robert Venditti, Riley Rossmo, Wesley Dodd Sandman book that happened to come out this week. I ended up doing the Secret Origins with the first full appearance of Sandman from the New York World's Fair Comics number one. The reason I'm putting this up on the feed here is that this week, the Wesley Dodd Sandman book ended up getting picked by the badasses to be on our Patreon-only spotlight. So if you want to listen to me and Eric, who is back, talk about the Wesley Dodd Sandman and also the World's Finest Teen Titans number 4 issue, you have to go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. And subscribe, check that out. If you haven't already, you can go over there and get a seven-day free trial, and that would be able to show you the plethora plus 50 shows that we have. We actually have a ton of shows. I think that we're close to four or 5,000. I forget which one it is, but either or, pretty, you know, pretty hefty amount of shows that you can check out. But again, one of the things that we do is the Secret Origins podcast and one of the things that we did this week is the Wesley Dodd Sandman number one review. All of that is me saying, hey, check us out at patreon.com slash weird science, especially if you enjoy our podcast, everything that we do. You can help us out, but get a ton more shows in return. So please check that out. You can check the show notes for little clickable links and things like that. But without further ado, off to the show. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Secret Origins podcast, where we're going to go through the first appearance of Wesley Dodds, the Sandman, in an issue that is from the New York World's Fair comics number one, and a story, the Sandman at the World's Fair. There's a bunch of different stories in the New York World's Fair comics number one. Every one of them has Superman, Slam Bradley, Ginger Snap. Everyone's going to this World's Fair. It's such a hot ticket item. And the Sandman, he's going as well. And we'll see why in a minute. But this is from New York World's Fair comics number one from April of 1939. And it's pretty cool. It, it's very quick. It's the first appearance of Sandman. It's nothing that you're going to go in and learn everything about him. But you can see they're throwing the character out there for people to see if they like it. It's got some intrigue to it. I kind of like the Wesley Dodds. This is about one of the only things I've actually read solo-wise of Wesley Dodds Sandman. So I'm, I'm in for it. I ended up doing this because of the recently announced Robert Van Diddy slash Riley Rossimo Sandman book that's going to be coming out next October. So I wanted to kind of jump into it, see what he is all about, and we'll see what we learn. Uh, this is written by Gardner Fox with art and inks by Larry Dean. And you start off with a page where on the top you have the Sandman. You see him there in his fancy coat got his cape on his hat his gas mask and that sleep gun pretty cool looking deal and it says weird figure of the night garbed in a mask and cloak his guns bring sleep his deeds justice in a world of injustice he is wanted by police forces of two continents 
yet he has never committed a crime. A modern Robin Hood, friend of the inflicted. And you you think that it's going to keep going, but it just stops there. It's kind of a weird, like, brick wall stop. But we end up going to the high executive of the Dodds-Bessing Steel Corporation. You have a Mr. Everts who ends up calling Wesley Dodds, who's down in the lab. This company, Wesley Dodds, obviously part of the Dodds-Bessing Steel Corporation. He has made a ray gun. He has plans for it. He's got the working deal, and they're going to present this at the World's Fair. Well, before that happens, suddenly this Mr. Everett, he calls down to Dodds and says, Hey, Wesley, we're heading off. You know, we're going to go to the World's Fair. In the meantime, can you bring the plans for the ray gun? What? Like, why would you want the plans? Oh, Oh, I didn't tell you. There's going to be some government agents there who want to look at the gun. They want to see what it's all about, maybe check out the plans. Wesley wants no parts of this. He thinks that it's a setup. He thinks it's a dupe. He's right. But in that, he does get convinced to bring the plans. Now, the introduction of Wesley, kind of fun. It kind of ends up being very familiar to a bunch of other characters that DC ended up creating. but. Wesley Dodds, heir to the Dodds, besting billions, millionaire playboy, and inventor of the new ray gun, deadly tribute to modern science. So he has created this ray gun. He is a playboy millionaire. Oh, my goodness gracious. And he heads off to the World's Fair with his man, Everts. So when he gets there, they're introduced to this secret service agent. You end up a guy comes up, says, hey, I'm U.S. Secret Service. I suggested we take a look at these plans, and they're kind of playing the idea, well, we want to see the plans just in case something goes wrong. We don't want them to get stolen, all this stuff. So they end up taking Everts and Dodds, and they go into a room that they assure Wesley, because Wesley, he doesn't want any parts of it still. He's like, I don't know. This seems real sus. Things seem odd. But what are we going to do? They go into this room, and in the room, they're told, Hey, nobody could get in or out. This is a impenetrable room. You can't get in, can't escape. And when we get these plans, because he wants to take the plans to Washington. And he says, when I get the plans, I will then get escorted by military guard. They'll take me right to Washington. The president wants to see these. It's a whole deal that this may be able to help the United States. So there's Wesley. He wants to help the U.S., And so he's going to go through these. Now, he is the genius behind this ray gun. We never really see the ray gun at work or anything, really. This is just all about the subterfuge of the plans and spies and things like that. But in the meantime, you end up that Wesley takes the plans out of his little attache case deal, puts them down on the table, and he starts going through them. He's showing them. He's explaining some things. And even that, it's like, Stuff that these guys aren't quite understanding. But in that, you end up having Wesley start thinking, this is weird. Things don't feel right. I kind of have, and he says, I have that queer intuition of danger. I don't know how nobody sees this, but while he's going through the plans that everybody seems riveted on, he ends up pushing one of them and they fall to the ground. So through this, you know, maybe he has 10 pages of plans. The one he 
scoots. And it is the most important one. And it says, apparently, carelessly, he knocks the key plan to the floor. And that nobody says, like, oh, you dropped that or hey, here you go. They just let it lie. So you end up where that's still on the floor. He's got every other bit of plans and he puts it back in the case and he says, well, that's it. You know, oh, my God, I I lost track of the time. It's very dark outside. And you end up having the Secret Service agent say, "Whoa, your talk was wonderful, but no one can understand fully without these plans. I think I'm going to have to grab them because I guess originally we'll discuss the plans and then he was going to go and, hey, this is what I heard. But he's like, I think I might grab these. Oh, the lights went out. The lights go out. And when they come back on, the plans are gone. And you end up having this Secret Service agent. Somebody just snatched them from my grip. Go and catch them. They ran out the door. Well, you already told us that that is impossible. But everybody's going to give chase. All these things going on. And you do have Everett say to Wesley, oh, I feel so bad. You told me that this wasn't going to go well. And it didn't. You were 100% right. Well, was me. Let's go and find these plans. Let's go off and find the plans. And Wesley kind of. You know, stays behind a little bit And he's like, this is weird I don't know And I really don't think that we're going to be able to catch the guy By just running after him down. You know, the guy's gone He says, running after him with a gun I don't think it's going to help This is bad They ended up taking off But remember, the most important part of the plans Wesley had kind of thrown on the floor And he says, when the lights went out He was ready He grabbed it hit it in his coat, so then he gets a ride home. When he gets home, he pulls out that. He's like, thank God I ended up putting that into my coat pocket. They're not going to ever know that they're missing the most important part. But I do think that there's going to be some work to be done now to see who is involved, and that work's going to involve the Sandman. And he goes in, and pretty much the Sandman, to turn into the Sandman, he just goes into his closet, Grabs Sandman's clothes, grabs the mask, puts it on, and off he goes. It doesn't seem like it's that much of a fancy, you know, change here. But he says the Sandman lives again. And he says, first a visit to the government archives. So he ends up, and this is the thing you can tell right away, that the Sandman, he doesn't want to break any laws. He's a guy who tries to maintain the law, even though he's won it in two continents for no crimes ever. He ends up where he says, okay, I don't like breaking into this deal into the government agency, but I need to do it for the safety of the U.S. So eh, I could kind of cut corners here. And he goes in and basically goes through files and he realizes that the Secret Service agent, whose name was George Henry, he suspected that this guy was not on the up and up. So he goes into the archives, pulls out the ID. Of George Henry, it's not the guy he was talking to. So he's like, okay, well, right there, he's the guy. But to start going through things and maybe figure more things out, I got to find the real George Henry. Where could he be? And so he ends up, well, I think he might be in that building we were in. He's probably just tied up. So I'll go back there. And he ends up going off. And I'll tell you, the art is really good. I do like the art, but there was a part where I swear. That Wesley was like high stepping, but it was kind of the shadow that was kind of playing in there. It made me giggle. 
But now he's just running around town with this gas mask deal on. He goes into the steel factory and he does find the actual George Henry. So he ends up untying George Henry, says, oh, my God, here you go. The best is, is that George Henry seems to not recognize that it's Sandman until he does. I mean, he's right there, Sandman. He's like, oh, man, thanks a lot. Man, you really came in my to my aid. You ended up, oh, no, you're the Sandman. And he gets all upset because he's been trying to track down the Sandman all along. This is what this guy's job was, to try to take in the Sandman. But here he is. Oh, my God, he's helping me? Well, why would the Sandman help me if he was so bad? And it's kind of one of those things where this actual real George Henry will find out that Wesley Dodd Sandman, he's a pretty cool dude. Well, in this, you end up where Sandman says, do you know where these bad guys, the guy who ended up taking your deal, do you know who he is? Do you know where he might be? And he, he does know. He actually knows that he is an international spy. Boris Leland and his yacht is just off the Long Island Sound. So you end up, I love the idea that they're against each other at this point, but now they're kind of becoming fast friends. And when you do end up where Sandman jumps into his powerful car, which they say a bunch of times, this thing is a hot rod. I mean, it's pretty cool. 1939, this thing is souped up. And he ends up jumping in and just waves goodbye. Goodbye, George Henry. See you later. And George waves from, bye, Sandman. And he goes to the deal on the shore of the Long Island Sound, sees the sleek yacht out in the bay, and decides, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to go get those plans. I'm going to take care of this Boris Leland, the spy. So what he does is he takes off pretty much everything but some swim trunks and dives into the water. Now, I say that he still has a Sandman mask on which kind of looks funny, and he still has his yellow gloves. And I, I like the idea. He actually, the Sandman mask is on, and this, you see it without the hat. So it's a full, you know, deal. I just always thought it was just kind of wrapped around, and maybe his hair would stay, but no, it's, it's a full mask. It makes sense. But it almost feels like now it's a diving mask as well. He swims out to this yacht, and he goes on. Now, he has a sleep gun. And I think that when people would have read this first issue, some of this stuff is okay. I mean, the idea in 1939 of a Playboy millionaire, oh, my God, that's pretty cool, right? The idea of a ray gun, neat. Just the concept and the look of the Sandman looks pretty cool. But really, I think that what most kids or anybody reading this would be intrigued by would be the sleep gun. Because as he goes up, and it, you kind of lose track of exactly what he's doing to who or whatnot, because really he's just going around every corner and putting people to sleep with the sleep gun. And then at points then just grabs a bunch of handful of sand and throws it because that's his calling card. All right. It's kind of fun, though. But I do like the sleep gun as he's going around and pretty much putting all of the guards on this yacht to sleep, all the ones that are up above. And he wants to hear what's going on. And he eavesdrops and he does see this Boris Leland. And this, this Boris Leland's talking to somebody. And he ends up, okay, yeah, this is Leland. What are you trying to do? Give us a double cross. The key plans are gone. Yes, sure, I'm sure. You'll be here in an hour, right? Okay. So he's talking to somebody that would have access to the plans possibly, but also is the big shot pulling all the strings. 
Wesley is sitting there. Man, I wonder who this is. He says, I'm really curious. Who did Leland call? I'll wait before I play my hand. So he's sitting back waiting to see who this big shot is. If you're reading this and you don't know that it's the only other guy who was in this Everts, who would be the only guy who could get near any sort of plans or be involved. If you don't realize it's him, then you haven't been playing along very well at home. But again, back in 1939, maybe, you know, you're not used to that sort of thing. But (laughs) there's no real other person it could be except Everts. Well, you end up where Wesley climbs up into the crow's nest. He's like, this will be a good view. Okay, oh, I see a speedboat coming. I wonder who is involved. Well, while that's going on, he ends up not really seeing who gets off the speedboat really yet and ends up then deciding, all right, here's where I'm going to really put everybody to sleep on this boat so I can go down below and see who is the real big cheese. And again, I said he throws his sand around. (laughs) It's kind of funny. So he goes down, he sneaks down, and he's like, okay. And the bust into this room still doesn't have a shirt on or anything. He's, you know, just bare chested. He's going to bounce into that room and he's going to take down everybody, Boris Leland, all of Leland's guys, and this big cheese that he has no idea who it is. He bangs open the door. Oh, no, it's Everts. And he yells, Everts, you. And the thing is, I like that Wesley. He's kind of lost himself here because he doesn't really, he shouldn't know Everts. Everts says, how do you know me? He almost gives himself away because he is so shocked. Like it couldn't, it doesn't even fathom in his mind that it could have been Everts. So we know it couldn't have been anybody else, but he ends up, how do you know me? And they end up where even Boris Leland goes, yeah, who are you? And you end up where he has a sleep gun, but now he's just going to start talking trash to everyone. I, gentlemen, am sometimes known as the Sandman. I understand you have thieved plans for a new ray gun. I, and as he's talking, Boris Leland is, guys, Boris picks up a chair and he's just going to WrestleMania smash the chair over the head of Wesley Dodds. Well, Wesley's like, oh, no, everybody else in the room is about to beat the crap out of him. He just puts him to sleep. He hits him with the sleep gun. Everybody's choking. He ends up going, well, Everts at that point, not that he looked fleet of foot. He got the hell out of there. This guy knows how to run. I don't know where he thinks he's running to. He's on a yacht. He has a speedboat, but still, it's going to take him some time. But as you end up having Everts run off, and it says, terrified, Everts attempts to escape, you do have Wesley grab the plans that were stolen. And then he starts going off and he does end up catching Everts. And he says, Everts, why would you betray Wesley Dodds? And you end up having him say, well, I was stealing money from the company. And then I kind of thought maybe I want it more. And they were going to give me a million dollars, just give him plans. So I thought, "Eh, what the heck? It's just a ray gun, right? And so he says, I ended up just kind of giving him that and I I was hoping that there'd be no harm no foul and so oh no and you end up where Wesley says well I hate to do this Everett's poor fool but you must pay and he puts him to sleep he ends up getting him with the gas puts him to sleep and the authorities will be able to pick him up and then he must swim to shore I'd like to think that he rode Everett's speedboat 
But I think he, well, then again, maybe he had to because he had the plans in that case. I don't think that was waterproof, but he ends up back on shore. The Sandman starts his powerful car. They keep mentioning this. And he says, now for a phone booth. And he drives to a phone booth and he gets out, still dressed as Sandman, ends up, hey, police, yeah, you found Henry Good. Tell him his quarry is on the yacht. Iced, yeah, he'll know. Goodbye. And hangs up. So Henry is going to be the real Henry is going to go and take care of everybody on the yacht. Though I don't know that they'll actually know what the whole deal is going on with Everett's, who's probably if he's if it was me, I'd be like, I don't know what happened. This guy jumped out with this mask and he, like I pretend I don't know anything about anything because he kind of wouldn't have been in any sort I don't know how they'll know that he did it, but maybe he'll just confess. But you end up where yeah, Sandman then gets off the phone, he goes, gets his powerful car, drives back to the bay just so he can watch from the shore to make sure, yep, they got everybody. All right, time to go. But before he gets home, he gets the plans that he just grabbed back. Though nobody should really care about it. It's such a weird play where he mails the plans than to Dodds himself, but he thinks that this will be the deal. Oh, they'll never suspect that I'm Sandman because the Sandman mailed the plans to me. But when he gets the plans, nobody's there to see it. He just ends up calling the police and said, yeah, Dodds here. Yep. Tell the morning papers <laughs> that the plans were delivered by mail by the Sand. He could have just done that. He could have just lied. I don't know why he had to go through the whole process of mailing the plans to himself where nobody sees it. Uh, but later, he ends up where he's talking to all these people, the board of governors, all this stuff, and the police and saying, listen, so, gentlemen, the model that we have, the ray gun, will be exhibited at the World's Fair, but you won't really know how it works because I have the plans and I've protected them forever. And so you dummies will never know how this ray gun works, but you can still come and watch because it's pretty cool. And so you end up, it says, and thus came the ray gun to be safely exhibited at the World's Fair. It's planned secure in the government vaults in Washington. So he has put those away in Washington. I wouldn't trust those guys, uh, you know, to, to hold them. And who knows what they're going to do with those later. But you end up where they thought, oh, man, this salmon you have. This whole play where everybody's talking to him. And, man, the Sandman, he must be a great guy. Don't you think so, Wesley Dodds? A great guy? Well, maybe so. The end. Kind of goofy. At the, I didn't even get the idea that he was actually going to send the plans off to Washington, D.C. and have them protected by the government. Why did he send them to himself then? Oh, it's so goofy. Uh but there's always something goofy in these. Usually the Silver Age stuff is a lot more goofy than the Golden Age. Golden Age just has weird things happen for no reason, kind of very simple ways of ending stuff, just like the idea, oh, Everett's the one other guy, I can't believe it. Uh, but it's fun. And again, I didn't learn that much about Wesley Dodd's Sandman, but you do get that idea. Again, I said it before, where if you're reading this, if you're a little kid even, and you get this comic and you're looking, okay, what's going on? Ooh, look at this guy. Cool outfit. Looks really neat. And 
Just the idea of the sleep gun, I can imagine what I usually do with things like this is I go back to my childhood. And I think of especially Star Wars. And I'll I'll talk to some people about this and where I said that I kind of thought the sequels didn't work well because I used to, as a kid, like to play Star Wars. Me and my friends would go out. We'd even go in the woods and we'd find sticks and that'd be the lightsabers and we'd do all that. But you'd have the idea where, oh, my God, that we watch Star Wars and it's so much fun that we want to play and act out things and make our own adventures, things like that. And when the sequels came out, I'm like, I don't know that you're going to sit there and like a trade federation embargo. Like, that's not a lot of fun playing, right? But in this, I could see kids running around with like a cap gun saying, this is my sleep gun. I'm putting you asleep. I'm the Sandman. I can see it happening because it's pretty fun and pretty cool. So overall, I think that it's it's worth checking out the first appearance of old Wesley Dodd's Sandman. And maybe I'll even continue on and see some other things with it. Maybe get a full origin story. Maybe we'll come back with a second parter at some point where we go through that. Because I'd like to know what's going on with Wesley Dodds, that Playboy millionaire making the ray guns and the sleep guns and the, the gas masks. So I thought it was pretty cool. It's very, very pulp-esque. It's very old-time radio-esque as well that you could have easily had this as a full-out old-time radio show. So with all of that, thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this one. And I hope everybody's excited to see old Robert Venditti's deal when that comes out with, I know it's with Riley Rossmo art, but I don't know. I saw some of that preview art for that, and it might fit Riley Rossmo. It might fit his style, and that's what you kind of have to do with Riley Rossmo. you got to figure out what he, what books he can fit. He's not going to fit everyone. He doesn't really have that adaptive style. You kind of have to get something that he would already be good at. So it looked like some of this might work out. So we'll see. We'll see how they play it. We'll see if we'll get maybe a little wink, wink when it comes out to the World's Fair, maybe, or something crazy. But thanks a lot, everybody. And I will talk to you all later. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.